Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Home Podcast, where, as you know, I say home is more than just the sticks and the bricks that you live in. My name is Keith, and I am your host, and I was faced with kind of a dilemma today. First of all, um, I'm, I'm having to go to every other week on my releases for now, and I hope to be able to get back to every week here in a little bit, and there's some reasons for that, and maybe I'll get into that episode, and maybe I won't. But that's kind of secondary. I'm in a conundrum in the sense that I have an episode, I have it pretty well ironed out and ready to go, and I really enjoyed recording the episode, I really enjoyed the interview, I really enjoyed the conversation. But it occurred to me that this Thursday is Thanksgiving, and I couldn't quite square Thanksgiving with releasing an episode uh, where I talked to my friend Kevin about the tech industry in Utah and Silicon Slopes and how I think that's just such a dumb name and why, though, they say Silicon Slopes. And it was really, it's a fantastic conversation. And I think that's going to be coming out in the first part of December because, and I don't know, maybe maybe I won't even release this. Who knows? But with it being Thanksgiving, there's there's a few things that make that important to me. One is that Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday and for a long time, it was my favorite holiday for the reasons you might think. And that's that I got to gorge myself on delicious food. And I am a diehard, if it's not turkey, stuffing, potatoes, or gravy, there's no reason for it to be on my plate. And so usually I'll just eat a whole lot of that, and then I'll regret it for an afternoon, and then I'll have some pie, because, you know, I'm already filled with regret, so why not? But as I got older, and, and especially moving into the time of life that I'm that I'm living in where I've got these kids I'm trying to raise Thanksgiving becomes something more to me and I don't tie it to pilgrims and the Mayflower or Plymouth Rock or whatever whatever the story that we learn in grade school is I don't tie it to any of that but this whole concept of having a day where we really stop and focus on being grateful that's a that's an important concept to me and I didn't want to have time pass. I didn't want to have this time pass without me talking about it because because I love Thanksgiving so much. For those of you who are keeping score, this is going to be like three Keith-only episodes in a row, which I've not done in a while. And I want to get back to the interviews. I've, I've got some in, already recorded and ready to go, but I just keep having these ideas and I want to talk about these things. So that's what I want to do. And this kind of came up because I was writing the newsletter for this month and I was getting it ready, and I changed the whole look of the newsletter, so to speak, in terms of it used to be a full-color production, and I think I'm going to a black-and-white production on colored paper so I can make it longer, because I'm kind of long-winded if you hadn't noticed already. And I was writing this piece for it, and I wanted to talk about it because I started writing this, and it, it, it occurred to me that it was an important thing to talk about. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving and in the spirit of gratitude, I want to talk about this experience I had. And that takes a little bit of background. And the background on this is that my friend Luke Watkins, he was on the podcast back in episode eight to talk about Gratitude Video Journal. He approached me with a this big ambitious idea, and he's wanting to raise a bunch of money for Fight to Thrive. And I haven't talked about Fight to Thrive on the podcast yet very much, but Fight to Thrive is an organization that I work with that was founded by my friend Matt. And we help run an orphanage in Haiti. And Luke approached me and said he wanted to do something big, wanted to do something really ambitious. And so he's running a fundraiser right now to try and raise $100,000 for Fight to Thrive. And that amount of money 
would allow us to leapfrog probably five years into the future as an organization, as, as a charitable organization, this organization Fight to Thrive. It would allow us to really jump ahead and start to create some of the different changes. I'm going to have Matt on the podcast probably in December, somewhere just before Christmas. We'll probably have that episode. And to talk about what we're trying to accomplish with the organization. But Luke approached me and said that he really wanted to raise some money for us. And I said, of course, because any amount of money, like if he raises the $100,000, wow, like that, that changes everything. But even if he gets to $1,000, that makes a difference because of how we run the organization. But as a part of this, he's having some video interviews done and putting together some different things. You can follow his journey on Gratitude Video Journal. I think he's also got an author page on Facebook at Luke Watkins. But I sat down to be interviewed on video, which is not my favorite thing. I don't love being videoed. I love talking. Uh, I don't necessarily love being recorded, but I love being heard, hence this podcast. And the interviewer asked me a, a question because I was talking about a concept. And this is just my opinion, but I feel like charitable giving uh, in the U.S. is kind of broken. And I feel like there's a disconnect between the act of giving and what that act of giving actually accomplishes. The terrible way for me to put it is I think a lot of times we donate money to something to absolve ourselves from feeling bad about what's going on in another country or with other people. The interviewer asked me where I thought that disconnect came from where we disconnect from these people in other countries who have a much harder life than we do, even though there are people in our country that have a hard time. There are, pe- Let me reiterate, there are people in our own country who have very difficult lives. But the interviewer had asked me, I said, what causes that disconnect? Why does that disconnect exist? And I had to think about it for a little bit. I had to think about it for a minute. And what I think it is, is the disconnect occurs from the realization we tend to not have that there are things that we take advantage of every single day, things that we just expect exist that we don't pay attention to, kind of what I would call invisible luxuries. And these are things like running water, electricity that stays on most of the time, police that respond when you call, those sorts of things. And what really brings that to to bear is I remembered having this thought. So several months ago, if you recall, there was a hurricane named Ida. And Hurricane Ida was headed just straight for the Caribbean. And it did. It decimated the island of Barbuda, just flattened everything. And as the hurricane was moving through the Caribbean, it looked like it could go one of two ways. It looked like it could continue through the Caribbean and just wreck everything, just decimate the islands in its path, or it could veer north and hit South Carolina. And I remember in that moment where I was watching what was happening, I, I remember thinking, man, I hope it veers north and hits South Carolina. And that thought caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to feel that way or to think that. And it's not because I think South Carolina deserves to get hit by a hurricane. And it's not because I think Americans have some problem. It's not because I think there's a God somewhere who is punishing anyone with these hurricanes. My only thought was, I hope it hits South Carolina because we in America have the infrastructure to take care of it. We have all around people willing to help and not just random neighbors and things willing to help, but like organizations and emergency responders, and a government that's 
functions in these emergency situations. Not ideal, the government screws up, but it's a better response than you get other places. And I think about Haiti. Haiti doesn't have that. Haiti doesn't have the infrastructure to recover from things like this. And as a, as a point to that, when I was down there in May of this year, there is still damage from the earthquake that occurred seven years ago that hasn't even been fixed or looked at or anything. The presidential palace, this is a the government building, like <laughs> the preeminent government building. This, the, a building that in Haiti is, 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 is as symbolic as the White House is in the United States. Just recently, maybe last year, was finally torn down. It had sat for nearly six years uh, in like a half-built, half-crushed state. It's a different world. And it's a different experience for the people living there. And when I thought about that in the interview, and I thought about the people of Haiti and people here and how different things are and how big emergencies and natural disasters and just the the chaos that comes after something as big as Hurricane Ida, that's it right there. That's where the disconnect occurs because there's assumptions I think we make about these other countries, about their infrastructure, about their governments, about even their emergency responders' abilities to arrive, about their abilities to collect taxes to pay for emergency services. All of these things create this very complicated situation in a country like Haiti that we don't think about here because we pay our taxes and we complain about it, but away we go. Whereas the government doesn't have a very effective means of collecting tax revenue from citizens in Haiti. And there has been in the past a lot of corruption and graft and things, and it's made it very difficult. For example, while we were down there, the power would go out often. Of the seven days that we were in Jacmel, where our, our orphanage is, we had probably total, over that seven days, two and a half days worth of electricity from the city electricity grid. Now, it's not that the grid has a problem. It's that the electric company workers sometimes don't get paid. And when they don't get paid, they don't show up. And when they don't show up, the grid shuts down. It's those sorts of things I think we take for granted living here where when the power goes out, it's a big deal if it's down for two hours, let alone for two and a half days. And that's where I think that disconnect comes from. But it also got me thinking about gratitude and about being grateful for like the invisible things, the things we just take for granted every day. The idea that we have traffic laws that function on a basic level We have stoplights that work. The idea that if you call the police or the fire department, they'll show up. Little things like the fact that I could get helicopter rescued off the side of a mountain all within hours of me falling and breaking my leg. These are the sorts of things that not all countries can take advantage of and not all citizens of other countries can take advantage of. Living in America, when we talk about being grateful for what we have and the things we have, it's not about freedom. Other countries have freedom. 
Other countries have just as much freedom as we do. There's probably countries out there with more freedom than we have. It's about the fact that as a society, we've decided to work together. As a society, there are certain things, and and I don't want to call them stories, but there are common stories that we can all agree on. And that helps our society flow and function and work. It helps our society work during good times, and it helps our society work during the chaos of some kind of natural disaster. And so as Thanksgiving's coming up, I just I keep thinking about this concept of gratitude, but not just for the big things. Like, we're very obviously grateful for the big things. But I want to look again at those invisible luxuries. And maybe next time you're washing your hands or filling up your, your cup with, a, with nice, clean drinking water, just take a moment and be grateful for that. Maybe at Thanksgiving dinner as you sit down, and there's more food there than any one person could eat in a single day. You don't have to feel bad. Just have that moment of gratitude where you're grateful for these little things that, that come along, these little things that just sort of show up. And yes, there are people in our community that don't have these things. And there are some people I want to have on the show to talk about that. But it's gratitude for those little things. Next time you have to pull over to the right because there's an ambulance or a fire truck coming down the road, maybe instead of getting all put out and especially instead of getting upset when the guy who was behind you pulls out ahead of you because he was ready to go right when the ambulance passed or whatever, take a moment to be grateful that we have those services. I have a fire station within five blocks of my house. I don't have to worry about whether or not an emergency responder can get to me in time. I was going to do this whole bit about Thanksgiving as well, where, um, like I said, I love Thanksgiving, but I don't understand football. And football seems to be this thing that's like inextricably linked with Thanksgiving. And I haven't found a good way to deliver that. I'm not much of a sports guy. I come from a family uh, where many of my siblings and in-laws are very much into football and they understand why it's exciting to watch and they understand how you can get really pulled into that competition between two teams. And I don't, I don't have that wiring. And, and sometimes that puts me at odds with a lot of people because I, I don't understand the watching of sports. I just think some, some people are wired to connect with certain things. And so while I don't understand football, I don't think I'm going to do that whole bit. I'm just going to let it go. Suffice it to say, you all know now that I don't really watch sports. But I don't think people that do watch sports are somehow inferior or superior. I just think that, again, as humans, we're all just different. And we're all humaning the best we can. And we're all engaging with this human experience in the very best possible way. And that's all we can do. And that's all I'm going to say today. That's that's it. You guys, Thanksgiving is coming up. Take a minute. Think about some of the little things you might take for granted and be grateful for those. Be grateful that we get to live where we live. There's always going to be somebody who has less than you. Always. And there's always going to be somebody who has more than you. Always. But if you engage with what you have with gratitude, I promise you it's going to be an easier, better life situation. 
So that's all I've got. Uh, guys, if you want to subscribe to the newsletter, go to FindingHomePodcast.com. There's a link you can click there. If you want to get in touch with me, also go to FindingHomePodcast.com and use the contact form. You can also reach me at FindingHomePodcast at gmail.com. Should you just want to talk, let me know and uh, get in touch with me. We'll see if we can't put something together and get you on the show to share your stories and your opinions. But until next time, I am out.